I'm going to be continuing today from Pastor George's sermon from last week. He spoke about when God doesn't meet our expectations. And I'm going to start off with a scripture that he left off with. But I'm going to go back to verse 27. So it's Isaiah 40, verse 27. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And what does the scripture say? Sometimes we need to wait on God. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes we get impatient. Now with this scripture, I wanted to do it justice. So I went on my favorite place, YouTube. And I got just a short clip of, these, of three of the main Bible, Bible teachers in our nation that just that would help me to describe this, what it's like to wait on God. So I'm going to ask if you could run that clip. All right, hit it. Boom on, hit him up. Boom on, hit him up. Boom down, hide. Boom on, hit him up, hit him up. Move him on, move him on. Hit him up, roll hide. Light him up, move him on. Hit him up, hit him up, move him on, roll high. Knock him out, count him dead, make him teeth, buy him drinks, meet the mama, milk come hard, raw, high. Yeehaw! Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? Not yet. Hey, are we there yet? Are we there yet? No! Are we there yet? Yes. Really? No! Are we there yet? No! Are we there yet? No, we are not! Are we there yet? No! Are we there, are we yet? there yet? Hey, that's, hey, not, that's not funny. Hey, that's really that's immature. That's really immature. See, this is why this nobody, is why likes, no one ogres. likes ogres. All right, you're All lost. Right, you're lost. I'm gonna just stop talking. Finally! But this is taking forever. Shrek and ain't no in-flight movie or nothing. The kingdom of far, far away, donkey, that's where we're going. Far, far away. All right, all right, I get it. I'm just so darn bored. Well, find a way to entertain yourself. minutes. Could you not be yourself for five minutes? 
that? Maybe that sounds familiar to some of you. But I, I want to go back to, to verse 27. But I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. So Isaiah 40, verse 27, it says, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. And just like them on the trip where you get impatient, you, ex you have an expectation, you're going somewhere, many times we expect God to do something in our lives, and when time goes by, we can lose perspective. And even in the scripture, the Isaiah says, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. And sometimes even we as Christians can get to that place where we can get angry at God because time has passed and we're waiting. We're waiting for the marriage to change. We're waiting to, for the financial situation. We're waiting to get out of this job. We're, we're waiting for something to happen in our family. And it's easy, as Pastor George said last week, to wait for a little while But when time goes by, you can lose your perspective and think that God forgot about you. That, that he doesn't care. And, and last week, Pastor George, he gave the example of John the Baptist in Matthew 11, 2, where, where John the Baptist was in prison. And that would have been fun for a couple of days, be a martyr for the Lord, But all of a sudden, months started to go by, and years started to go by, and he began to doubt if Jesus was really the one. And he wrote a letter to Jesus questioning, are you really the one? But here's what Jesus wrote back in reply. He says, you go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the leprous, people with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Here's what he was telling John the Baptist. Your bad situation doesn't change the fact that I am still God. God is still on the throne. He's still in control. And you're hurt. You're waiting. Your desperation doesn't change that fact that he is still God. Here's a quote from T.D. Jakes. He said, God can preach to you more through the things you go through than he ever will through the sermons you hear. You will learn more about God at the bus stop, in the unemployment line, dealing with a crisis in the hospital than you ever did at church. It may look like an interruption, but God is using the stuff in your life to show you that he is still God in the middle of the storm. He's God in the middle of your crisis. The same God that, that you worship when everything's going good is the same God when everything is messed up. He's still there. He's still walking with you. And it doesn't change that fact. The dead are still raised. God is still at work in the midst of your, of your trial, in the midst of your waiting. 
There's, in Psalm 44, it, it talks about Israel, the nation of Israel. And everything was going good for them. Every time they went out to fight, the Bible says God went out with them. And they had one victory after another. And then all of a sudden, things began to change. They began to turn around. And all of a sudden, they lost the sense that God was with them. And they began to get upset and frustrated. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this in the Message Bible from Psalm 44, starting in verse 17. They said, all this came down on us. And we've done nothing to deserve it. We never betrayed your covenants. Our hearts were never false. Our feet never left your path. Do we deserve torture? I'm going to go down to verse 23. Get up, God. Are you going to sleep all day? Wake up. Don't you care what happens to us? I'm going to go down to the bottom. Get up and come to our rescue if you love us so much, help us. See, here's a dilemma that's throughout, throughout history, throughout the centuries. We could understand it when things happen to us when it's our fault, right? So when, when we eat garbage every day and, and we get sick, we can understand that. If somebody takes drugs and they and they're addicted, and, and things go crazy in their life, we could point back. But what is this saying? Sometimes bad things happen to you, and it's not your fault. There's things that will go in your life, situations, problems, delays in your life, and it doesn't always mean that you're in sin. Why? Because there's purpose in the delay, in your waiting. See, that's what I want to speak about today. I know traditionally in church, whenever you go through a problem, you get the fingers pointed at you. Well, if you would just have prayed enough, if you would anoint yourself with oil, one person told me, well, my problem was I didn't anoint my, my walls with oil. That's why I was going through problems. People will always try to point the finger back at you. But your trial, your problem, your issue doesn't always mean that, that you open the door somehow. There's purpose, there's destiny, there's meaning in why God causes us to wait sometimes. See, God doesn't cause the problem. That's not what I'm talking about. If you're going through a sickness, God did not make you sick. God is not the author of disease. If you have a financial problem, it's not the Lord. He's the God of more than enough. That comes from the enemy. Either that or, or somehow, as I said, sometimes it is our fault. Sometimes we've opened the door. So we're not pointing the finger at God and saying... He's doing this stuff. But sometimes God is delayed in answering our prayers. And it's easy when we just wait a few weeks. Oh, I need to get healed. A week later, everything's better. 
I know people be waiting to get healed for 20 years. I, I know people waiting for a breakthrough in their finances for 10, 15 years. And they're faithful. They're tithing. They're giving. They're believing on God. And they've seen nothing. Sure, God will always bring you through. He always will provide for you. But people who are really waiting for the prosperity that God promised them. So what I want to focus on now is why. Why does God cause us to wait? It doesn't seem fair sometimes. Well, I'm going to tell you a story from 2 Chronicles chapter 32 about a king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was a righteous king, and God's blessing was on him in everything that he did. And at one point, he had a, he had a word from one of the prophets that he was about to die. So he went to God, and God did a miracle, gave him 15 more years to live. And it says in 2 Chronicles 32, verse 30, It was Hezekiah who blocked the upper outlet of the Gion Spring and channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. He succeeded in everything he undertook, but when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, listen to this verse, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. Now, God will never literally leave you. He sticks with you. If you feel his presence or not, if you feel like you're in a desert, if God seems far away, he has not moved. But what does it say? God left Hezekiah. He didn't physically leave him, but he withdrew his, his presence, his feeling of his presence. Why did he do that? Why did he leave Hezekiah just in the time of need when these when the enemy was at his doorstep, all of a sudden it says that God left. Up to then, everything was going good. Now, all of a sudden, God is leaving him to wait. God is leaving him with the enemy coming, and he doesn't feel God anymore. Why did God do it? It tells us right there. To test him to know everything that was in his heart. See, sometimes you go through stuff because God is testing you out. You know how we sing those songs? Oh, Jesus, I love you. God wants to know, do you still love him when you're waiting on him? When it seems like the world just turned upside down, are you still going to stand and sing those songs? Are you still going to stand and lift your hand and say, God, you are good in the middle of the storm? See, God will test your faith. He'll test your love. He wants to know what you're made of. See, there's many people that, that say that come for a little while. 
Oh, Jesus, I, I just love Jesus. He changed my life. And as soon as trouble comes, they're gone. Oh, well, I guess this wasn't for me. God is looking for an army. God is looking for true worshipers who will not abandon him, who will not walk away. And God is testing your heart. Say, how, do you really love him? Do you really worship him? Are you willing to stand for him? When everything's against you, when all hell is breaking out, are you still going to come here and dance before the Lord and lift your hands? Are you still going to get in the Word when you get at home? See, many times God will test your heart. In Psalm 26, 2, King David said, Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. Are you willing to do that? How many of you would be willing to say, God, test me? See, God, God is looking in you. And, and that's the second thing that God is doing. And Pastor George spoke about this last week, that sometimes God causes us to wait because it's building character in us. Well, even in the Bible, why did Abraham have to wait 25 years for his son to be born? Joseph sat in a prison year after year after year. Jacob waited 14 years for the wife that he was promised. Here's a quote from Mike Bickle from IHUB. God is more interested in the size of your heart than the size of your ministry. He's more interested in what's going on in you than how big your bank account is, how nice the car is. Yes, God wants to bless you, and I just release every good blessing over you. Right now, I, I speak prosperity over your life. I, re, I release a multiplication anointing that every need will be provided. But that's not what we live for. That's not what God is mostly interested in. And mostly he's after your heart. He's interested. He's building you up. He's building your character. He's creating patience in you. He's building perseverance so that next time when you go through a problem, you won't give up. God wants to stretch you beyond your comfort zone so that you could fulfill what he's called you to do. See, some people, sometimes people get mad because they say, I pushed them into doing stuff. <laughs> you know why I push people into doing stuff? Because... With all of my heart, with everything in me, I want to see that character come out in you so that you will fulfill the destiny and calling it. You, you, nothing will be left behind in this life. We're not called to stay in our comfort zone. 
Last week, Pastor George gave part of his testimony about how he had to wait on God for things with cars and finances. But I want to give today some of my testimony where I had to wait. See, back a few years ago, I was a pastor, an associate pastor at a different church. But in that church, you wouldn't find me preaching up here. You, you know where you would find me? Just standing in the back week after week, never doing the things that God called me to do. And years and years went by. My main job, make sure somebody shovels the snow. And that's an important job. But that didn't fulfill the passion. There was a passion in me to step out, to teach, to see miracles, to pray for people, to preach the gospel. And year, I'm not saying month after month, I'm saying year after year after year, I just stood there and things kept dying in me. That passion, that fire. And I felt so dry and empty that you, 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 you'd hardly find me in New York. I'd be traveling anywhere where I thought God might be to show up. I was so hungry and desperate for God. People would call me, what time is church tonight? I don't know, I'm in Canada. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> and I went to God so many times. I lay every day when everybody left the church, I would lay down on the floor and say, How long, oh Lord? How long is that passion, is my destiny, my ministry going to be delayed? And God just kept telling me, no, just wait on me. Just, just keep on waiting. Don't go. Don't step anywhere. And they say, God, you are wasting my life away. That's how I felt, that every day was wasted. I, I got to the point where I hated what I was doing. And God kept me, no, I don't care if you hate it. I don't care if you don't want to be here. You keep going back. You keep loving those people. You, do, you, you don't walk around with a look on your face that you're unhappy. You, 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 you are my representative. I didn't have the luxury to walk around growling at people as unhappy as I was. I had to keep showing love. And I thought that all those years of being sitting on a shelf was wasted. And then a few more years went by. And you know what I discovered? That those were precious times for me to press into the presence of God. I got to know God in a way I never would have. 
You could put me anywhere in the world today and I can find the presence of God because I had to seek him with all my heart. I didn't care where, where I had to go or what I had to do. I learned in that time how to be patient. I learned how to love unlovable people. If I didn't learn that lesson then, you wouldn't find me dealing with the people I got to deal with out there today in ministry. Some of you think, oh, it'd be fun. I want to go into ministry and travel. You deal with the same things you deal with in the world. And it was those years that I thought that was wasted that prepared me. I learned how to serve people I didn't want to serve. I learned that people are precious. They are not stepping stones. They're not people and not things to be used for me to get ahead in ministry. In that time, I loved to learn, love, learn to love people just to love them. It, even when it didn't value me anything personally. And it's the same thing for you. There's destiny in your waiting. God is stretching you. He's building your face. He's teaching you things. You're learning lessons. I don't care what you're waiting for. If you're waiting for the mate, God at first has to do stuff in you or that marriage will not work out. Your times of waiting are not wasted. Even last year, for months, all I could do was lay in bed. I could go from the bed to the couch and back to the bed. And it was okay for a couple of weeks. The doctor said, well, usually you have shingles. It lasts two weeks. But then months started to go by. I couldn't do any ministry. I couldn't get any finances. <laughs> and that's what I'm dependent on, going out, preaching, bringing, bringing finances in. And now, looking back, I wouldn't trade that time for anything. Because God met me on the bed in the, at night after night after sleepless nights. I encountered the presence of God. All I could do is lay and put on the music. God provided every... I had just as much finance coming in in that time when I was doing nothing as I do when I'm going out. I learned that God is a faithful God and that his word is true. His promise is true. This time I got a big bottle so I wake you up when it falls. <laughs> you see, God is not, is not a man that he should lie. He's faithful to his promise. I look back now and it seems like, it, back then it seemed like the world is coming to an end. But guess what? It didn't. I'm still standing. I didn't go broke. I didn't grow, go hungry. 
And if I didn't spend that time just laying and waiting on God, I, I wouldn't have known God in that way that I just learned. See, waiting on the Lord teaches you to live victoriously. In Isaiah 30, 15, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. See, we're hidden under the shadow of his wings. You know what I learned? That I don't have to fight anymore. That there's a God that fights for me as I rest in him. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. I just lay down and I let God, I let him begin to work to bring the breakthrough. You know what else I learned? Man can do nothing for you. Will you stop looking for somebody to change your situation? There's some of you, you keep thinking that somebody's going to come and rescue you. They're going to do something. Just lay down and wait on God. He says it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit that that breakthrough is going to come. Sometimes it's taking God time to prepare the right situation. If you're waiting on a husband, maybe that guy's not ready yet. He's still maturing that person. It takes time for God to put things together. And sometimes it takes years for that right job to open up. And sometimes it takes years before you're ready and mature enough for that job for that ministry, to handle the finances. See, in the kingdom of God, timing is everything. And the good can be the enemy of the best. Sometimes you'll just settle. Well, God's taking too long. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just take that job. I'll just go out with this bum. <laughs> yeah, I see that all the time. Oh, I'm tired of waiting. I, this guy asked me out. It had to be God. <laughs> so what if he just got out of jail yesterday? <laughs> you don't settle if you're a child of God. Why are you settling? You don't take the leftovers. You wait on God's best. You deserve the best. You wait on God. You wait for that right job. You wait for that right person. Whatever it takes. I'd rather put my life in the hands of God than try to do it myself. I want to read one more scripture from Luke chapter 24. This is an Easter scripture, so I'm giving it to you ahead of time. And it's about two disciples, and they were walking on the road to Emmaus. 
the day that Jesus rose from the dead. See, that's what Easter is. That's the day we celebrate Jesus rising from the grave. Good Friday, we celebrate his death on the cross. And on that first Easter day, these two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. And you know what the Bible says in Luke 24? It says they were talking about everything that happened. And Jesus was walking right along with them, but he didn't rec- they didn't recognize him. And it says that their faces were downcast. They looked all sad while they were walking. They were depressed. And Jesus asked them, why, why are you looking so depressed? And they said, didn't you hear what happened? We thought that Jesus was going to be the real Messiah. We thought he was going to come to Israel, kick out the Roman rulers, the Roman army, set us up, to rule over the nation. We thought he was going to be the king. And they were disappointed. And you know what Jesus said? How foolish you are. And how slow to understand. And what were they saying? God did not do things in their way and in their timetable. So what happened? They got disappointed with God. And there was Jesus walking right with them. And they didn't recognize him. Why didn't they recognize him? Because that's what happens when you get disappointed with God. And here's how you know if this is you. You say, well, I thought by now, I thought by now God would have done something. I thought by now he would have found my wife. I thought by now that my sickness would have been healed. And you get disappointed in him. In the meantime, he's right there. He's walking with you. He's in your household. He's doing things. He's making something happen. He's about to break through, but you can't see it because your face is downcast. You're depressed because you want God to do things in your way and your time. In other words, here's the whole theology. He's God and we're not. That's theology 101. Don't let your heart get disappointed. Some of you, you're going through some real circumstances. Some of you are walking in real frustration. Some of you have been waiting and waiting, and it seems like nothing's happening. But God's word is true. He's a promise-keeping God. He's, he's sitting down right next to you. He's walk, when you walk out of here, he follows you. You gotta learn to see him. You got you don't give up. You keep pressing in. They're walking with Jesus. He had just risen from the dead, and he was about to turn the whole world upside down, and their faces were sad and depressed. It's time for us to snap out of it. God's about to break loose. He's about to do something in this church. Do something in your life, in your marriage, with your finances. 
in your body with your children. And if you don't see them, you're going to miss it. If you walk in anger and frustration, you're not going to see him. You're going to miss what he's doing right there. I said I was only, that was the last scripture. Well, why'd you believe me? I got one more here. <laughs> Never believe somebody who's preaching when they say that was the last scripture. <laughs> this is the last scripture. <laughs> Psalm 66, verse 10. For you, O God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. Uh, let me tell you, men have ridden over my back. I've been to fire and water, and I'm believing God, I'm ready for that place of abundance. That is not the story of your life. Up to now, if you've been beat up, mocked, abused, that is not the end of the story. The end of the story is God's about to bless you. There is a place of rest and peace and healing and abundance for you. So I'm going to ask if the worship team can come. And I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And as the worship team ministers, I want to ask you today, if you're saying, I've been through the fire and the water, just like it says in Psalm 66, men have ridden over my back. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. But I'm going to stand on God. I'm believing for my breakthrough. I'm ready for something to happen. I'm going to ask if you can join me up here because I want to pray over you right now. It does, don't worry, nobody's looking at you today. I'm believing that something finally is going to shake loose.
Actually, if you're in the prayer team, I want to ask you to come and stand with these people. See, there's a scripture in the Bible where it says that David, King David, he went through a very hard time and he, had, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And that's a great thing when you could do that. But let me tell you something better. Something better is that there are people here who will stand with you, who will go through the fire with you. So I'm going to ask you to come if you're, on the, if you're in the ministry team, if you're a leader, pastors. We want to show love today. So Father, right now, just receive right now. For those, God, who have been waiting on you, Lord, I release patience. I release a new level of character in your life, perseverance in Jesus' name. And I release the breakthrough. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, just receive that. The answer is coming. The Lord says, hold on. Hold on just a little longer. And for those of you who, who are not up in the front, I believe there's some of you who have also been waiting on God and going through the fire. Can we just take a minute and worship Him? He is good no matter what you're going through. He is still God. He is still working. He is on your side. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. Let's, let's bless His name today.